altar pastor. Okay, Cody. This podcast, I know it to some people it may not be much. There's a little shimmy in the steering wheel, but we got a subwoofer under the back seat that really can make a racket. That it can. <laughs> the whole scene of uh, what is it with two dudes in a car in in this this show, Justified City Primeval? It's just gold. Every time there's two dudes in a car and they're having a conversation, it's just great. It is, and I I love that. I I think that it wouldn't happen in most other places, but since. Detroit has like all the auto companies there. Like cars are important and Boyd knows his vehicles or at least their sound system. Boyd Holbrook, the actor. Yeah. See, you're going to confuse people because they're going to think you're like, oh, Boyd's back. Like, no, 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 no. Clement. He's talking about Clement. But Boyd Holbrook deserves to be acknowledged every time he's on screen. That, that he does. That he does. Uh, welcome. This is pop culture pastor watch alongs we're watching justified city primeval my name is dave cody's here yes and uh we're we're gonna recap and review episode six of justified city primeval adios great title by the way yeah yeah throughout this episode i noticed there's like there's running themes of and there's been kind of in the background of this whole series with clement especially music and with sweetie and there's been this music background. And so this conversation uh, that they're having at the beginning of this episode in this beater of a car, which I have great, uh, I have great uh, uh, emotional response for it because yeah, yeah, yeah. I also once had a beater with a subwoofer under the back seat <laughs> that made quite a racket <laughs> that I had to, I had to hold the door shut when we went around turns because the door didn't latch right and would come just come busting open on a turn. And so, yeah, I had some cars like this, but Sweetie seems to think it's important because it needs the tape deck. Now, I did have a 96 Dodge Neon. Oh, wow. That I did put a nice stereo system in. Like, I bought it at a garage sale Mm -hmm. from a pastor. The car or the tape deck? The the sound system in the hole. Like, a pastor was moving and, like, he was selling stuff and he's like when i was younger i thought this was important and i'm yep, like yeah well i think it's important because this dodge neon's a pile of doo-doo so mm. let's <laughs> let's class it up yeah yeah i don't i don't know why but i'm i'm with clement the radio is important i don't know about the tape deck though <laughs> like what are the odds in this day and age of him finding like a 1980s what did he say it was like pre-90 yeah pre-90s finding a pre nineties car with a working tape deck. And, and if it was working, how long would it be working? And, and then where's Holmes getting all the cassette tapes? Um, he probably bought them when Walmart's like, we're not selling these anymore. <laughs> They're 50% off. Uh, I see Clement Manziel out there, you know, raiding storage containers like, uh, or those storage facilities. Digging into boxes, or maybe he does. Maybe he's just a garage sailor. Maybe he does do the garage sales. Garage sales are where it's at, folks. And he picks up cassette tapes and VHS tapes and all sorts of outdated things. Yeah, I know several people that 
like vinyl for them before like records had made a comeback Mm because now it's like hip if you have a record player and you buy the the album uh but before that i knew several people that were like oh you gotta go to the head shop over here and there they had the best vinyls that you can buy and i'm like i don't have a record player why are you trying to sell this to me Um, let, let's go ahead and get into the episode and let's talk about Clement Manziel and Sweetie first. Yeah. Because, um, well, to start off the episode, we get a, a scene with David Cross who plays bulldozer, uh, bulldozer. What? What's his name? Pete? No, Bob, Bob, bulldozer, Bob. I knew it was one syllable. I should get credit for that. Uh, bulldozer, Bob, and he's having a conversation with a guy named Lonnie who appears to be just a loser, but I guess Lonnie can handle himself a little bit. Lonnie is what you might call someone who does, he's a guy who gets things done, and uh, he he contracts Lonnie to get his painting back. Now, the painting is kind of a star of this episode in a lot of ways. The painting pops up in multiple storylines here, and the first one is is that bulldozer old bulldozer Bob wants his painting back. He he gets Lonnie to get it back, and very delicately and eloquently says, "I don't care how you get it back. You got me." Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, and so uh, a lot of this episode is our guy Lonnie kind of moving around trying to figure out where this guy is. Now it's Bert, bulldozer Bert, not yeah. bulldozer Bob. See, I was close with my B name, but it's Bert. I mean, I mean, who who even cares? He's barely in the show. It's it's he wouldn't be important at all except it's David Cross. Tobias. <laughs> uh, hey, it's like the show's great, but I don't need to know. I, you really don't need to know down the every character's whole name. Oh yeah, like I kept thinking we're going to get more Albanians. Yeah, well, let's be really honest. The story is not the star of the show in this in this season of whatever this is. And we know, like, look, I know there's been complaints online about this show. I know not everybody's loving it. I am really loving it, Cody. Oh, yeah. And I assume, because the things you said, you're loving it. But for me, and I'm assuming for you, it's been about the performances. Um. Literally, Boyd Hallbrook is dominating as oh. bad guy Boyd, a.k.a. Clement. Yeah, he he's fantastic in this episode. Uh, Timothy Oliphant as Raylan's always fantastic. That's why we watch the show. And he's great in this episode. Our dude Wendell gets some more lines. Two yes. dudes in a car having a conversation. And he's good in this episode. Lawyer Carolyn's great. Um, Ingenue. So there's like good lines and like witty things that happen within the the story of for the season, but like so far the the story, like you said, isn't the the main focus. It's just really the individuals and the performances that are happening in those roles. Yeah, and it's about it's about the interactions, not. Not the story at large most of the time, I think. Now, I could see how for most, some people that wouldn't be their thing. And I, I get that. But, you know, entertainment is large. It's subjective. It's subjective. And you're going to like things. I just like this. I like this style of show. I like the interactions. 
Um, and I like watching actors and actresses do their thing. And uh, this this is full of a lot of it. And we get Lonnie, this guy Lonnie added to it, who on the surface appears to be like kind of this, you know, white trashish guy in a mobile home loser dude who we quickly you start piecing together like, no, 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 this dude's capable. This dude has some things he's capable. And we, we find out he got fired from uh, Bulldozer Burt's construction things for stealing. But they make quite clear in that first conversation it wasn't because he wasn't capable. Mm-hmm. And so what we see is him taking this on this mission to go find Clement and get this painting back. And he the first thing he does is, you know, he kind of finds out that Sweetie and this guy are are together. Now, we think he doesn't know Sweetie, but that evaporates quickly when Sweetie, when he shows up to Sweetie's bar, he waits for him to come down. Sweetie shows up and it's clear these two men know each other. Well, he for sure knows who Sweetie is Mm -hmm. and has identified. I've heard for years, if you need help. You yeah. go to Sweetie. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's funny, maybe. So Sweetie and Clement working together. Well, I think it's to be fair. We, we've known for quite a while or, or been afraid that this was going to end poorly for Sweetie. But it's been interesting to watch them work together. And it was probably good for Clement because Clement is allowed to be reined in ever so slightly by Sweetie. And Sweetie, in this conversation with Lonnie, you really get to see what he's really good at. Oh, yeah. What he brings to the table. And what he brings is this this ability to sit down with anybody and have a rational, calm, cool conversation. And more so that um, he's always, Sweetie is always um, redefining his mission, right? So dangling and a line in front of Sweetie, you don't have to ask him to take it, right? He's going he's gonna to identify ways that he can extricate himself from a situation maybe he doesn't want to be in. And maybe he's gotten there with Clement after Clement at the beginning of this episode kills yet another dude who they're trying to extort money from. He just fell. <laughs> he just jumped over. He fell yeah. over. <laughs> That scene was hilarious, by the way, and I felt bad for laughing. Uh, that was a brief <laughs> moment of feeling bad, and I'm like, they nailed it. <laughs> so it all kind of, the whole episode kind of springboards from this this Lonnie guy's mission to find Clement. And uh, Sweetie, once he talks to this guy, says I, i'm gonna i'm gonna take this time sweetie sort of looks at it as like divine intervention right like oh this is my way to keep making this money but extricate myself of clement yes and so what follows is a, an elaborate sting set up um with the detroit pd because they're They're working on the same sort of angle here, but unknowingly that it's unbeknownst to both parties because Raylan has gone to the uh, new acting lead of the investigation. Our girl, Maureen, who's still alive, who's still alive and saying, hey, what if I was to tell you we got this little we got this book 
that they're in possession of or understand we know that they have this book and what if we use that mm. and what if we what if we set up this sting we know that this lady's in it so he gets information from lawyer carolyn knowing that this lady uh she is in you know maybe competition with to get this judge seat the prosecutor who plays the politics mm-hmm. and the, the detroit pd says yeah let's make a play so they go to uh, what? What's this girl's name? Diane. Yep. Yeah, Diane, who's the prosecutor, and they basically—I mean, they basically trash her career, right? I mean, she's done. <laughs> she, basically, you're like, hey, we know you're in this book. We know you took payouts or you you gave hush money, and I I just assume that all of Detroit politics is hush money after watching this show. Yes. And, and and so they kind of coerce her into working with them to draw out Clement, who they believe has this judge's little black book. Raylan more than believes it. He knows it because lawyer Carolyn has told him. And he trusts her. Now, we'll come back to lawyer Carolyn here in a little bit because I want to oh, have a yeah. conversation about, about what she's doing as well. Um, but it all kind of culminates in this big... Um, well, I don't even know how to. It's a mess in the in this park. So it's a park. There's tons of innocent people. They they've got the prosecutor lady there. She's all mic'd up. She keeps playing with her earpiece. They have to tell her if you keep touching your earpiece, they know it's an earpiece. They do. Yes. And and so that'll be. We'll talk about that here in a minute too. Because make a long story short, what happens is Clement shows up, but he doesn't have a gun. And he doesn't have the book. And so they don't have anything. They don't they don't have anything on them. And I, I got Cody, what did you think of this? Um, so he is just super lucky because literally That's Raylan's takeaway. Uh he's he says, I have a bad run of folks trying to rip me off. And that's his justification. His logic for, um, yeah, I didn't bring that page with me to this meetup. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. He's, I don't know if I believe it. You don't think, do you think someone's informing him? Do you think someone's with him? Or do you, do you, do you just agree with Raylan that he's lucky? I, I think that he's lucky that, so the way Raylan words it, like, He's just enough chaos that people are acting out of character so much that he just lucks into his situations. Mm -hmm. That what you and I normally do on our typical days where our stress level might be anywhere from three to five on a scale one to ten versus when our stress level is at like an eight or a nine or a 10, it's nine day difference. And so most of the time we might be anywhere from three to seven and seven, we might do a little bit that's out of character, but most of the time there's a range that most people fall into. But when chaos ensues, we can go up to a nine or a 10 real fast. Yeah. So you think, you think that Clement just got lucky here? 
Oh yeah. You you didn't th- you don't think that Sweetie overplayed his hand and he knew it from that point. Um no. Okay. I think that in my mind he probably was wanting to do extra extortion like oh you paid this much well we're just going to hold on to this in case you step out of line with me in the future because you are in a high political position because he knows that this person's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, if I hold on to this, it's going to play out good. And if she doesn't give me the full amount, I don't give her the page and I just walk away with the money and shoot her dead if that's the case. But he didn't even bring a gun. So, yeah. So what do you make of Wendell? And Raylan's conversation right before the sting then, where Raylan basically asks Wendell point blank um, the possibility that somebody's feeding Clement information. Someone like maybe in the police department. And Wendell kind of toes a line a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Right. He has an interesting answer, which is to say, like, I don't know. I kind of took his answer to be like, well, yeah, probably, but I don't get involved. Yeah. He's not going to step across that line and accuse, I guess, was the takeaway from that. He's not going to entertain it because if you go down that rabbit hole, anyone could yeah. be the one feeding off the information. Yeah. And well, the likelihood within Detroit PD that there's dirty cops somewhere, eh, it's fairly yeah, likely. Yeah. So it's like he's not denying that all of like Detroit is what's good about this show is justified with always like a Western. Right. So it's like a modern Western. And in Detroit, you have um, Tombstone. Right. You have the place where uh, the legal side of things isn't what's in charge, because even the legal people, even the pop, the the cops and the lawyers and the prosecutors they're and the judge, they're all seemingly in on the game and you don't know who to trust. And and the way I see this going for Raylan is it's like. I feel like he's going to be the last man standing in a way where he's going to uh, who I have this feeling that he's going to be start being uh, maybe chased from all sides mm. in a manner of speaking, that there are going to be people that he thinks are on his side now um, that he's going to find out something is not. And I thought that's where we were going with the Wendell conversation, not Wendell. I don't think Wendell's in it, but I think Wendell is afraid to step across those lines for a reason. Yeah. He doesn't admit he's afraid. He says it's more, it's more about loyalty and about like, I'm just not going to be the, I'm not going to be the snitch in so many words, but it's just interesting. I mean, that conversation was interesting, especially when what plays out plays out. Now, if, Maureen ends up being an insider for Manzel. I might lose it because that would be so out of left field. Yeah, I don't think my money would be on her. But that would be like the M. Night twist if this show was trying to be M. Night-esque. That would be a crazy twist. But So so basically what happens is is it looks like this is just going to be an all-time um, cluster in this moment. Manzel's shaking down the prosecutor, um, and then the and then you got Lonnie, Lonnie with approaching his knife <laughs> with his switchblade or whatever that is that knife, and he's about to stab him right in front of it, you know God and everyone in that park, and then the cops 
choose the moment. What's really interesting is Lonnie might have taken care of this whole thing and they might have Raylan might have gotten his wish. And that's where he gets the is this dude just lucky type stuff. Because obviously Raylan didn't know Lonnie was there, but Clement was luckier than even Raylan knows. Oh yeah. Cause that would have been a chaotic moment and it would have been terrible, but also good for him. Clement would have been down and that would have been that Lonnie would have been going off to prison. I don't know it, what happens though, is the cops rush in Lonnie who didn't get sweetie's message in time um, un- is, is aware enough to see what's going on and can, you know, discreetly puts his weapon away and just walks on by. Meanwhile, the cops think they're getting Clement, but he's got nothing and they got nothing to hold him on. But they do have a great conversation. Uh, does Clement and Raylan. And I thought for a minute we were going to get this really uh, cool showdown that we kind of think's coming, uh, but we did not. We did not. Did you think they were that it was going to go down there for a second? I did not just because I know that there's still two more episodes and it's like, you got to have Clement for at least the next episode and a half. So, yeah. Uh, but I could see Raylan's wheels turning like, yeah. Clement, Clement asked him, wouldn't it be something if we had ourselves a little shootout, which I think is what everybody watching was ready for. And he says, don't think they got a range where you're headed. Cause at this point, Raylan's still cocky in this feeling that he, they've got him. And Clement says, I'm not talking about any range. I'm thinking on the streets just when you least expect it. So he goes back to threatening and Raylan says, I'll ask the chief, see if he says it's okay. And there's this, there's just this really cool conversation between the two where Batman thinks he's got him, but the Joker still has, still knows he has the upper hand here. And you feel like obviously this showdown's going to come, that this showdown's going to happen. And if, and Clement's trying to bait him into it. You know, they, he even says as as he's walking away, uh, who is it? Is it Maureen who's kind of talking to Raylan? He's like, he wants you to follow him. He wants this. Don't do it. I was rooting for him to do it. Well, let's talk about Raylan for a second because we're um, six full episodes into this show and he hasn't shot anybody. He hasn't because it wasn't justified. <laughs> TM trademark. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's not justified, but is Raylan different? Well, and is that the point? And I've kind of wondered why are we seeing this um, re- maturing Raylan in the in the law enforcement area? And I wonder, and I'll and I'll let you talk whatever you're about to say. I wonder is it because he's he's finally in a place where he's trusting the system, and is the system about to let him down? So. That's a possibility. I also wonder if it's a bit of a fish out of water. Because since he's been in Detroit, things have been topsy-turvy from the way they should be in his mind. And then you have uh, Clement Manziel, who every time they turn around has done something horrific. And yet, ah, life's good for Clement. He just gets to sit in his kimono, in his whitey tidies, and, uh, like, life's good for him. Nothing's going bad. And so he, I I think that he's still trying to get the lay of the land a little bit. I also think that for the first 
handful of episodes. He's really just wanting to get back to Florida. Mm-hmm. But now this has become a personal vendetta that I got to see this guy come in for justice or else. Yeah. And so they, they got nothing. Clement walks away from this whole chaotic situation. Um, let's talk about lawyer Carolyn for a second, because I'm troubled by some of the things, uh, some of what we get in lawyer Carolyn, this episode, her and Raylan still clearly have a relationship going on. Uh, but we get these, um, these little signs that lawyer Carolyn is definitely picking a side. Let's talk about this. She says this, there are things I want to do with that book and none of them have anything to do with what's legal, but everything to do with what's just. Let me ask you this, Cody, do you agree with her? Is what she want to do with that just? So, or is it just revenge? Like the example she she shares from like 1963 in the South, mm-hmm. um, that was justice. That was they were seeking justice, um, and it was just what they did. It might not have been legal, but it was just. They wanted equality. Um, I I can see how she can twist it in her mind that what she is doing is just because everyone else has played with this broken system forever, including the prosecutor who was playing politics and was uh, taking bribes and all that. And so she just wants what's hers. And if the little black book takes some of the people down and helps her get into position to, be a not corrupt judge. She sees it as that's just, but in my mindset, it's not untainted justice. There, there is the, the taint of some corruption upon it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because she says, I'm going to play the game, but then once you do that, if the game is crooked, like, so you're saying the world is broken, but then you want to play the game of the world. It's interesting that she puts this in the the frame of the civil rights movement because one Dr. Martin Luther King would not have agreed with her, her methods here as, as he more than anyone else was said, said the ways of what we would see the ways of Jesus to say, no, don't take part in the broken system. The way to beat the broken system is to not be broken. Mm-hmm. But instead, she says, no, I'm going to take part in the broken system because I have the upper hand and I'm going to benefit from it. But in the process of doing it, she's being broken. Yes. And so that's the big conflict that we get with lawyer Carolyn. And I find it really interesting because we choose this all the time. Like there's a reason there's a Martin Luther King Jr. holiday because we don't choose that road often. Humanity doesn't. And yeah. in and in lawyer Carolyn, we're getting this. I don't know. It's almost tragic in a way, because lawyer Carolyn's a good person. She is a good person. It is setting up for a Shakespearean downfall. Yeah, yeah. It's a Greek tragedy in a lot of ways, because she is a good, decent person, but she's also someone who's been pressed to the limit. She's been she's been broken by a broken world, and now she's got the upper hand, and she's. She's seen an opportunity and she's going to take full advantage of it. But in the meanwhile, in the meantime, in the process of doing that, she's going to sacrifice 
this um, being above it all type place where she could have been. And instead now is going to get down in the muck. And this is why we, we wonder like she makes the list of like, well, is she going to be okay through this whole thing? And like, even her relationship with Raylan kind of borders on the, is this ethical? Yeah. And mm-hmm. now that she is sharing that, well, I do know from an unnamed source that uh, Clement part of the time has possession of the black book and that a certain prosecutor's name is in it. Like, so it's not her client that shared this information to her, that particular client, Clement, uh, but like she's giving them information about her client that would potentially put him away. Yeah. And so she's playing a dangerous game. She is. Um, but we don't have to talk about and wonder if she's going to be the first casualty. Cause we had our first casualty. Let's Lonnie. <laughs> no, I mean, Lonnie shows up for one episode. He's gone. And yeah. the quickness and the emotionless with which that happens is stunning. Oh yeah. Cause Clement, um, very, very much a stunned sweetie in how quickly he just offs this guy. And, and in that we've seen, We've seen pieces of this. They play like the one at the beginning of this episode for like kind of humor, even though he's throwing a guy off a roof, even though we don't see it. So it's kind of played for uneasy giggles, maybe. But in this, we see the the madness and the danger and just the flat out scariness of a Joker-esque villain where he's truly sociopathic. He really has no care for life in any form whatsoever. And um, if we could have a moment of silence for our first casualty of our list of people, characters who would die, it is Sweetie. Which, mm. not surprising. I'm sad to see Sweetie go. Uh, but like this scene, this whole episode seemed like it was ratcheting to a bad place. For Sweetie, and especially when Clement showed up at this sting and he takes notice of Lonnie walking by. Uh, once that happens and then he shows up at the bar where Lonnie's at and Sweetie's at, even when he kills Lonnie, uh, I not I didn't for one second think, well, it's over now. Whew. Would have been nice. Yeah. But uh, he shoots Sweetie. After Sweetie has gone to unplug the jukebox. A, a weird scene. I love this scene so much. I'm like, oh, it's happening. Just tell him he can sing good with someone for the love of God. Just tell Clement. Yeah, mm, that's really good. Jack White has nothing on you, buddy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, when, they, when he started singing on that recording of... Of what's the name of the song? Seven Nation Army <laughs> by the White Stripes. I was literally about falling out of my chair at that point, even though I'm like kind of glued to the screen because I know what's about to happen. And I'm just like screaming at the screen, like, sweetie, just tell him he can sing. <laughs> just tell him. And he, of course, won't. Um, he goes to unplug the jukebox before all that, realizes the gun is gone. 
because his uh, his young co uh, uh, cohabitant of the apartment and of the bar has, by the behest of lawyer Carolyn, absconded with the gun to keep it quote unquote safe. Mm. And so Sweetie's emergency backup plan Another is gone. Lucky thing for Clement Manziel, right? Yeah, it's interesting how that happens. Uh, and Clement, it's they have this one last little conversation where Clement says, "Close your eyes for me." And isn't it interesting that Sweetie says, "I got to go out listening to your honky chicken fat cover song." Why does he use that insult? The same one Clement like seemingly made up about Raylan. Did he get that from Sweetie? Is that a Sweetieism that he just used? I don't know. And he says, nah, you got to look me in the eye. And then, he, of course, he does and shoots him. And um, Sweetie, Sweetie's gone. Which, before that, like, uh, he's he uses, Clement uses the line that Miles Davis used for Sweetie. Like, uh-huh. your big ears can surely hear and tell me if... If I'm good or not. And then, like, even with a gun pointed to your head, you can't lie to me. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. That was delivered well, my friend. This sets up some interesting things going forward. Trinell, who is uh, Sweetie's, I guess, boyfriend. That's the way I took it. Yeah, which they've been real coy about saying what that relationship was at times i'd guess well he could be a son i suppose because he's really young compared to sweetie yeah uh but it turns out they're together together has a great mustache yeah, he has a, a fabulous mustache uh but he has the gun and he knows who's responsible for this that puts him into play this uh, interesting into this sh- this show is he becomes kind of a wild card in this and him and carolyn are in the know of all of this so you got people out there that knows exactly, and Clement probably thinks that the gun was in that bar. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, then setting up, moving forward, uh, all the stuff with lawyer Carolyn and Raylan and where that's going. And there's a big thing we haven't talked about that might spell danger for someone else. Yeah. Who, who, who's, who's at the top of the list now for, for it's danger. Sandy. Yeah. Sandy's in trouble. Sandy. There's a wonderful scene where she walks into an art dealer with this, this painting. And you can tell by the look on the art dealer's face that he's like, not he's dubious and it's going to have art theft written all over it. So you wonder where that's going. Cause we don't really get a clear sign of what's happening here. Slash. If she didn't run that by Clement and she's just trying to take the money and maybe fly to Aruba by herself. Yeah. Oh, Sandy, you're in trouble. Yeah. So I'm interested. I'm interested to see where this is all going. I think we need to readjust our rankings now for who's the most likely next victim. I think we should call Chris Isaac. Because they're all playing a wicked game. They are. And, and it's it seems like we're building to... We've got two episodes left. And it seems like, you know, the penultimate episode is usually... In any of these kind of shows, is usually the one where a lot of the action happens. So I'm wondering if we're going to get our showdown next week. Our Old West, Raylan Clement, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly moment. 
So if it follows the last season of Justified, I'm pretty sure that showdown didn't happen with Sam Elliott till the last episode. But that I think this episode coming up, we're going to get a lot more climactic action slash deaths to move Raylan into a place for the showdown. Yeah. It makes me, I, I'm curious because I wonder if there, there's multiple storylines that have to wrap up and I don't see the Clement one going all the way to the end, or maybe I don't see it being wrapped up. Maybe Clement moves out of this whole situation to be seen again later. That would uh, be bananas because the conversation with Wendell in the car makes me nervous that there's some wickedness in the justice system in Detroit that we have, that Raylan has yet to find out that could turn all this on its ear, but we'll, we'll just have to see slash. We have, uh, his daughter that's still angry that hasn't talked to him for like six episodes or four episodes. Yeah, and that, then is that really not going to pay off in any way? Maybe not. <laughs> the Albanians are out there somewhere. It's, yeah. The Albanians, that was a one-episode thing, too. Um, There's been some hiccups in the story, to be sure, but mostly I'm enjoying it. Or they are building for a huge, like, cluster of everyone and everything coming crashing down on Raylan. That's what I'm afraid of. That's what I'm afraid of. And Raylan and Sandy, because I would put Sandy at the top of my um, odds to be not make it out of the next episode list. She's at the top. Maureen, I could see getting killed in Crossfire. Um, yeah, those are the my two. Well, and now Trinell um, oh, enters that list as well. Yes, and Lawyer Carolyn, I feel like I feel like something tragic could happen to her because she's chosen this road. She's chosen this road of I'm going to fight brokenness with brokenness, and I I just don't know that that's going to work out well. Yeah. Um, Trinell, I probably have at number three. Um, wild card. Carolyn's ex. Does he show back up? Yeah. Does yeah. he get caught up in something? There's lots of loose threads, and I kind of wonder how they're going to tie all this together. But we'll see. They got two episodes left, and uh, I'm expecting next episode to be pretty action-packed. Uh, Cody, who's the winner of this episode? Um... I, I'm going to have to go with Clement again. Yeah. Yeah. Boyd, Boyd Holbrook gets a chance to shine in this episode. I think even kind of more elevated than he has. They're, they're starting to build that to a crescendo. Oh yeah. Uh, his just exactly how formidable an opponent he is for Raylan and maybe Raylan's most, most formidable opponent. Like if sweetie hadn't died this episode, he was close. Cause like the way he pulls uh, Clement Manziel's strings to make it seem like it's his idea to go shake down the prosecutor. Like Sweetie yeah. delivered that perfectly. Yeah, he did. And yeah. had it set up. But then like the whole Clement killing Sweetie ep or scene sealed the deal. Yeah, special shout out to Vondi Curtis Hall, who played Sweetie so well. An amazing character actor. He's been in so many things and uh, played Gone, him. but not forgotten. Played him great until the very, very tragic end 
of our guy, Sweetie. Um, my winner would also be Boyd Hallbrook, the actor who plays Clement Manziel. Who's the loser of the episode, Cody? Sandy. Because I feel like she really wasn't in that in, in the episode that long. She's cracking at the seams, too. And... I, I think we set up for her character to be next. Yeah. She's she's starting to she's starting to stretch at the seams and uh, it seems like she's not gonna be able to take it and Clement's gonna have to make a decision with her, uh, which won't end well with Sandy. My loser of the episode's gonna be Lonnie. No <laughs> <laughs> Because Lonnie we like Lonnie, they spend all this time saying like, Oh, he's capable. He's a capable dude just for Clement Manzel to off him and that's it. Poor Lonnie. Yeah. Like, he was very intriguing, and we, then he was gone. We hardly knew you, and you seemed capable, but you were no match for Clem 1, Clement Manziel, the Oklahoma wild man. How many uh, Stetson hats out of 10 do you give this episode? Um, If the last, like, five minutes hadn't happened, it would have been, like, seven and a half or eight, but I'm going up to an eight and a half, because action's moving, and... Clement is Clementing. Yeah, is it was uh, it was good. I'd say it was about a half step down from last week. I, I don't think it kind of continued enough. That it almost did. The whole park scene and the sting was wildly entertaining. And then, like you feel the same way Raylan does. Is he just gonna walk away? So he, I'm just gonna watch him walk away. Yeah, you are. And that was like the same thing. I was like, right? We're just gonna watch him walk away. <laughs> No, something's got to happen. But I think, like I said, it was a little deek they threw at us. And I think next episode's going to be the showdown. So we'll see. We shall. Yeah. You'll see it with us. Hey, thank you, everyone, for uh, hanging out with us and watching Justified City Primeval with us. We'll see you next week on Watch Alongs. Have a good one.